How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back and Happy New Year. We are back with the 2024 slate of Suncast. Obviously a great 2023 uh, as we are get, getting close into being uh, full two years into Suncast. Uh, we are obviously very excited for year three of covering spring sports with baseball and softball. Uh, we'll have some very very, very uh, awesome things to announce with softball. I'll do that here in just a minute. But it is myself, uh, Reagan Harrell, along with Mr. Manny Burroughs. Manny, we are here to talk about one thing really today is about basketball. It is kind of kind of that quote-unquote dead area for a lot of sports. Really, the only thing we got is basketball. Uh, the way we've decided to kind of do basketball is we decided to kind of let everybody you know do their thing, do, do their non-conference schedule. Uh, obviously, we were all in on the Tizer football playoff run, championship run. Great time with that. But that is done. We are now full on with uh, weekly or twice weekly basketball updates on the men's and women's side and of course we're gonna get into uh track baseball softball y'all know the deal with the spring sports um manny i think i'm gonna hold my softball my, my softball announcement for maybe the end of the episode or maybe uh on monday or tuesday's episode when we're when we're talking about the games we're gonna preview today but what we're gonna do, do today is talk about uh the matchups this weekend as we are starting co- uh conference play obviously on the men's side uh one of the better non-conference uh starts for the sun conference uh definitely in the two years uh last two years of covering suncast i mean the this fall or slash winter 2023 moving into the spring semester one of the more impressive is on the men's side we'll talk about that we're gonna go by game by game four matchups on the men's side four matchups on the women's side they are the same and Manny, how about we start with uh, a guy that we are going to be hearing from on today's episode, uh, Tyron Nes- Nesby, uh, forward for the Weber International Warriors. Weber having one of their best starts in program history. We're going to talk uh, with Mr. Nesby today. Uh, great interview with him, and that's where we're going to start because they're going up against uh, a Kaiser. We obviously have a lot to talk about with Kaiser's women's side, but we'll start with the men's matchup. 4 p.m. West Palm Beach, it's Weber and Kaiser. Manny, talk to me about these two squads, and they are they got to both be feeling pretty good uh, coming into conference play. I mean, I looked at this game for the guys' side, and for me, for the guys' side of it, you know, I, I think it's the game of the week because – Wait, wait, wait. Hey, you know I'm a Weber guy, but we got to start. We got to start with this one, man. <laughs> and and it's it's really like it, there's a lot of elements a part of this matchup that for me is the game of the week on the men's side. But to put it in three words, it's offense, offense, and offense. Like I think this is going to be an offensive minded game. I think we're going to see if both thing if both teams score their averages, we're looking at at least 162 points combined. Like it's going to be a situation where. The, the numbers are going to be so high, but it's not because the defense is bad. It's just that these two offensive offenses have been that good. We're talking about a team that in Weber, like you said, they're having such a great start of the season. Nesby is 100% one of those reasons. He's my standout player for the Warriors. I mean, he's putting up obscene 23 points per game, but it's also the efficiency. We're talking about 48 from the field, 45 from three, and then 70 from the free throw line. He's only had one game in his in the 14 games this season where he scored less than 10 points. He's also had three 30-point games. The last five games have been 25 or better, and then the last six have been at least 20. And we're talking about, again, efficiency at its finest. Also has a little double-double in there as well. He has been the spearhead, so to speak, of this offense. And that's why, for me, like they're a playoff lock. I think they 
are doing everything they need to be doing. You're putting up, you're shooting 44% from the field, 37% from three, 74 from the free throw line. And the most impressive thing to me that some people might not realize, the turnovers are down. You're averaging eight turnovers a game while forcing the opponents to 10 turnovers. That is, again, it's only a two turnover gap, but the fact that you're under double digit turnovers and the opponents that you're playing against are averaging 10, 10 or more. That's very good. Again, just shows that the defense is up there. You're putting up 82 points per game. You're allowing 72. I think the defense can honestly get better for sure. I think that that's the one thing that I can say. Maybe they can get into like the higher 60s, moving it down a little bit. But I think it's going to be hard to just outscore them in general. So that's where really they're going to hang their hat on throughout this season and definitely for this game against Kaiser. I think Weber is the most complete team in the Sun Conference right now. You look at them, they're third in scoring with uh, a little over 82 points per game. They're also third in defense now. They're going to be going up against maybe the best overall defensive team in Kaiser. Uh, obviously, Warner has the best points, but when you look at what Kaiser has been able to do to some really good offenses, uh, Weber, I think you mentioned it'll be a high-scoring game. I could see that. I wouldn't be surprised at all also um, if things get a little muddied up for uh for Weber, especially getting into the paint, they're going to need that really good three uh, point percentage to show they've shot the three ball really well this year, thirty seven percent. However, uh, Kaiser's got a guy guy that that can muddy things up a little bit. His name's Vincent uh, Miskewicz. Uh, I believe I've said that last that last name correctly. Probably not, but Vincent um, he's one of the best bigs in not only the Sun Conference but in the NAI. He's made national headlines multiple times this year uh does does weber have an answer for him on saturday so i don't think he or anybody can have an answer for him throughout the year i mean looking at the numbers we're talking about a guy who's averaging 16 points per game and 16 rebounds a game he has not had a game without a double double he's had also a 2020 game with 26 points and 21 rebounds he's just been killing it and early off an obvious player of the year campaign in the works for sure we're talking about somebody who like you said muddied it up and I think he is the best example of that because he does most of his damage from inside I mean you're shooting just under 60 percent from the field at 59.7 and all of it is really coming in that painted area he asserts his dominance early on three Sun Conference player of the weeks also has an NAI player of the week like you mentioned he has been the biggest bright spot for the Seahawks for sure through non-conference play, I think they had a good showing. You know, you're 2-0 against the top 25 matchups. They're very talented, especially down low, like I mentioned, with Vincent and a few others. The thing with them is I just don't know if they have the outside presence to match Weber. And that's why I have Weber winning this game. I do think if Kaiser can slow it down, for sure I can see them being the, the ones that come away with this big-time win, I think. But you look at a team, and Kaiser's not shooting bad. They're shooting 32%, but again, most of their damage, most of their looks are coming in on that inside presence. And I just think when we talk about offense, the Warriors, after Nesby, you've also got Holt and Stokes, who are averaging 18 and 17, respectively. I think Jordan Golden is definitely going to have his work cut out for him having to slow down Vincent but we're talking about a guy in golden who is also averaging just under 10 rebounds a game at nine he's had six double digit rebound games this season I think it's enough to slow him down other than that though I don't think another Vincent double double I'm sure is going to be there this weekend and if the Seahawks can get some more help, especially from the perimeter, when they talked about shooting the basketball, it also opens up more for Vincent because you got to respect those shooters. So that's really the only way I can see Weber not winning this game and the Seahawks come away with it at home. 
Yeah, I think for Kaiser to win this game, it comes down to but you got to you have to dominate in the rebounds, and they're going to have dominating the paint. Obviously, uh, they have the guys for that. Talked about Vincent. I think another guy, Justin Nicholson. Uh, he's averaging eighteen. He's one of the better rebounders and uh, uh, really one of the better rim defenders in the Sun Conference through non-conference play. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he'll be big now. Uh, anything else before we switch over to the women's side between Kaiser and Weber? No, but aside again, folks, if you like offense, there's a good chance we're going to have a lot of it this for this game. Yeah, uh, moving on to the women's game. Um, this one, I don't don't really know if there's a whole lot you, you want to hit on. I think this one's about as cut dry as it gets. I think Kaiser, I would be pretty surprised. Uh, I would love to see Weber turn around right here, conference play. They need it, um, but not one of the better, better spots in the conference um, as, far, as far as Weber uh, women's – Basketball is concerned. Uh, Samantha Pacheco, she had she was their player to watch, and she's had a really good season. However, when you look at what the likes of Haley Trailer have done, uh, when you look at uh, Ellison for the for the Seahawks, uh, I tell you, you when, when you start looking at overall complete teams uh, and depth wise, Kaiser they're they're certainly starting to fill that bill. Yeah, and and again, it's not too much to talk about um we're talking about the Seahawks who I think they've had a good showing in, con- in non-conference play they've gotten better as the season's gone on uh Ellie Ellison was the player of the watch for the season 13 points eight rebounds a game she's only had one game under the uh, 10 point scoring seven double doubles on the season also not a single three she's doing all her damage inside from the free throw line she understands where her spots are and she gets to them in that painted area something about the Seahawks they just love to, to muck it up and get it physical with you down there I think it's going to be definitely hard for the Warriors to win this game. However, I do think that the addition or of Jada Burgess back, you know, she's already only had three games this season. She already has a 32-point game under her belt. I still see the Warriors turning it around. I really do think that they have the the guard play between Pacheco and Burgess to at least – I just don't – I think 59 points per game is just is not them. I think they can get higher 60s for sure. Um, can the defense be a little bit better? That's the area of concern for me. Other than that, I think you add in Burgess as a new wrinkle to this to this game, to this team, and maybe they can catch the Seahawks slipping a little bit. Although I still have the Seahawks winning this game for sure at home to start things out. With that said, the Warriors, I see them as a very, very tough, maybe six seed. I do think that they just have they, I just don't think they've been playing their best basketball. And for whatever reason, one conference play comes around, the Warriors are always warring, and they somehow figure it out and things get rolling. So I definitely would look out for them. I just don't think they're going to be bottom of the conference very long. Yeah, don't don't bet against Grady. Uh, something I'm sure sure a lot of coaches and players in the Sun Conference have loaned, have learned, excuse me, over the last decade uh, plus. But I don't think that will be uh, the case this Saturday. I think Kaiser's women's team take. I think Weber's men's team take. I think there's going to be a split there. Uh, Moving on to the next matchup that will feature not only one of the best offense, uh, I, 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 you gotta say they're the best offense in the Sun Conference and one of the best offenses in the country. Ave Maria comes in averaging just over ninety-seven points per game. Now, 
Obviously, the defense is last in, in the conference. Their uh, defense is giving up 83 points per game. But And kind of like a lot of these NBA games, it's kind of the way the NBA has gone this year, man. I don't know if you've watched much, but like I, I watch and I'll see a team score like 120, 130, 135 points. Like, oh, that, that should be enough. Nope, that is not, not enough. However, for Ave Maria, averaging 97 a game, that has been enough. And, yeah, uh, they have one of the best offenses in the country, and they're going up against a Southeastern team whose offense uh, – it, it needs a little life. It does need a little life. Um, and that's kind of a, the storyline going into this game for me. It's good, a, a good defensive side and a great offensive side. It's going to be interesting um, because even though the fire do need a little bit of boost offensively, I mean, you're averaging 73 points per game, which isn't bad, but like you mentioned, the conference issue, you need to be 75 and above on a regular basis to even have a chance and I do think in the Southeastern Fires case, you know, we look at Makai Vessel. He's been, for me, the standout player. He's averaging 13 and 8. I think he's a little bit of a dark horse campaign, possibly for a player of the year. Maybe he won't win it, but I think he'll definitely be in contention with three 20-plus games, also three double-doubles. I think the mix of the Jirenes allowing 80 points per game, you know, I've kind of, I, I do want to say moving forward, you know, just to add a little spice we're going to pick up an upset here or there. And I think this is the game. I think that the Southeastern Fire take advantage of Ave's defensive area of improvement. I mean, again, they're giving up 83 points per game. And it's pretty much simple against Ave. If you want to beat them, you got to outscore them. I compare them to the Mike D'Antoni Rockets. Like, that's what I'm looking at here. You are not going to outscore them because it's just very hard. 97 points per game is ridiculous. For them, the co-player, the co-standout players are for me, Michael Klinkis and Nick Flincher combined. They're putting up 30 points per game, 13 rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Each one, they just kind of trade 20-point games. It's just something come regular for them. So I, that's definitely going to be the focal point, I think, for the fire to slow them two down. Although the Jirenes are giving up 83 points, I do wonder if that's a product of defense or product of play style. Because obviously, if you're going to score 97 points per game at any level, that just means you're getting up and down. You're running the floor a lot. You're getting up a lot of threes, which they do. They're shooting 39%. You're getting up a good chunk of those. So naturally, your opponents are getting a lot of opportunities. So I'm getting a little curious to see if that's going to be kind of kind of come down a little bit because some of these teams are going to slow the game down against the Jirenes, against pretty much everybody. You know, we just talked about the Seahawks. I think the Warriors can also play a little bit slower style. So, so can the Bobcats. So I think that... I, I could see the points per game coming down a little bit, but I just don't know still if it's the defense is a product of the speed of the game or if it's really just the defense is just giving up 80 points per game for the I fire. Think I, I think it's definitely that the speed and you brought up a, a good point. I think that will come and maybe bite them a little bit against teams like Weber, like uh, St. Thomas, who can slow the game down. Uh, you know, both both those teams have shown the ability to do really well this year against that that style. I don't see that with Southeastern. Um, look, obviously we got we got a lot a lot of respect for Southeastern. I think they are that team where if you write them off in January, don't be surprised when they come off come up and bite you in in March. But it's still January. Um, I think they do turn it around, man. Uh, I think we've already seen them start to turn turn it around from the way they looked really early in the year. Uh, they definitely have started to turn things around. They're starting to figure it out a little bit more. But when you're going up against offenses averaging 97 and you're struggling to scratch 80 uh, most most of the time, yeah, it's hard for me not to see Ave, Ave Maria win this one. I will say you just got – you did bring back Reggie Mesidor for the fire who's been scorching to start the season. 
I think that's a nice little addition. I think it could help. Now you've got three 10-point per game, a 12-point-per-game scores between him, Blaze Quiz, and Vessel. So I just think the mix could allow the Fire to get this upset. But like you said, it is going to be hard. They're going to have to pretty much put their highest – they're going to have to score their highest points per game up to this season to even have a chance. So we'll see if the if it's going to be the night of the Fire. It, and as, that's my point. At any given moment, you could have Sean. You could have uh, Reggie. Uh, obviously, the the big one is Reggie. You got he's got to uh, get going and be be one of the best. Uh, just like he was last year. If Reggie plays like he's able to play last year, he's obviously got to get more space for that. Um, now, if he comes back and he and it, uh, in the new year and it's like that for the Fire, I think then you open this up is. I don't know what the tournament's going to look like, but it's going to be one of the more Sun Conference tournaments, not just basketball, one of the more uh, exciting conference tournaments that we've seen. But moving on to the women's side, um, not uh, we talked about slow start for the men's side for Southeastern. Boy, it's got to be good ha- having another really good uh, basketball women's basketball program in Lakeland, Florida. Obviously, uh, they ha- had six, seven uh, years there, or even more, more than that, maybe. I mean, just – from what I, I can think about it. But uh, anyways, the, la- the last decade or so, it's been a really good women's basketball. Uh, last year was a little bit of a step down, but the fire, they're right back on track and they're looking to ha- have another dominant year in the Sun Conference. I literally wrote down for them in my notes, picked up right where they left off. Like they're another championship contender. They're going to be there come the end of the year, it's just the way it works. And it's a great thing for them. You know, for me, their standout player, Becky Kaladij. I really, I'm going to get her name right by the end of the year. I yeah, hope I didn't yeah, it too bad. We need Donnie. Get... We need some SIDs or coaches. <laughs> we need Just the like SIDs. Email, email, <laughs> email us at, uh, or uh, message us on Twitter, Instagram, and just like <laughs> the pronunciation guy. But Becky, she's putting up 13 points per game, three rebounds, four assists, three steals, also very underrated on that defensive side of the thing. Yeah. The fire, I'm honestly so really impressed with their with their defense. I mean, 54 points per game is what they're allowing opponents to score. Cause you look at the 68 points per game, you're like, that's not really that high for the fire. But when you're holding teams of 54, you don't really need that many points. Is that sustainable? I don't know. Cause that's really, really low in today's landscape of basketball. So we'll see. But going into conference play like that is very good for them. And for me, that is the game of the week, Kaiser and Southeastern on the women's side. I think it's a good test for both teams. I think we have, again, a team in the fire who kind of are showing people that we're still that program. Like we're still going to be up in the top two every year. And then on the Seahawks side, I feel like they've always been in that middle of the pack and they're finally trying to bust through it. You know, Ave. they had a really good showing. Ave. I mean, Ave, excuse me. They're going to have, they had a really good showing. So I'm kind of, curious if this young Ave team can really continue where they left off in non-conference play. I mean, they won some really good games. They were competitive all the way through. For me, Casey Humphrey has been the player that has really stood out. 11 points per game, three rebounds, three assists. She's had eight double-figure scoring games. And most of her damage, again, coming in the paint at the free throw line. Like, a lot of these ladies this year, they understand where their situations are going to come from. They understand where they're going to get a lot of their money from. So, I think it's going to be very, very exciting. And in the end, though, I'm going to give it to Southeastern because it is Southeastern. Like, you can't really say too much about them. Like, it's just, it's really hard because, and again, I just mentioned the defense for the fire. The Jirenes are giving the ball up 18 times. Like, averaging 18 turnovers is just not going to work against anybody. And then you play against the fire team who is forcing 19 turnovers. It's just not a recipe for success, I think, for the Jirenes. I completely um, agree with you there. Um, 
and yeah, I, I think we hit on it pretty well as far as, far as this game it, it is concerned. Could Casey Humphrey have a great game and they catch Southeast? Southeastern has gotten caught. I mean, they, they have been caught a couple times too, and they've almost caught some really, really ex- exciting teams. Um, I would say there's a better chance for an upset in this one than there is for the men's side. However, I don't see that happening. I, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going big favorites this week. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know who the only one maybe I don't know is Weber. Would Weber be considered a favorite men's against? Kaiser down in West Palm Beach? I would think not. I'm going, when I say upset, like that, I'm going off of the standings right now. So it's not really, so okay. you, obviously it depends yeah. how we're looking. So I'm, that's how I'm going off of it. I will say the gyrene shooting 36% from the three-point line, the fire only 28%. Could that be a factor? I don't know. But again, similar to the other, the other upsets and other games we've talked about, it comes down to, are you having a good shooting night? And that obviously can throw up, throw your hands up because you never know when that's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, Moving on to a team that I'm going to really let you take the floor on. Obviously, you know what's going on uh, with St. Thomas basketball programs really well. They go against Coastal Georgia on the men's and women's side. Um, I'll say mine real quick. I'll let you go. I have St. Thomas in both by 10 or 15. I got all. Yeah, I definitely yeah. – I think it's going to be one of those situations where the men and women both win. I think St. Thomas just – for me, though, I do have these as a sleeper of the game for both men's and women's. Um, I just think Coastal might be able to really have a good showing at home. For the men's side, I see a situation where the talent is just too much. I really do think that the Bobcats just are the more talented team right now. They blended together better, I think, throughout the season. Nick Giles needs to go score 45 points. Nick Giles does need to go have a really, really good game. I mean, he was the player to watch for the season. He's been the standout player for me. 18 points per game, two rebounds, four assists. He's putting up a great great numbers, a great addition to the team. 46% from the field, 40% from three, 88 from the free throw line. The man, do not give him free points because he will cash out. He's just a great scorer, but it's, again, the talent of the, the Bobcats right now. We're talking about Milton Matthews, who's just having an absolute great start of this season. I mean, he already has two 40-point games. He's had 11 threes in a game. The man is a professional scorer. Like, he's just a professional scorer. And you also add in Jordan Hernandez, a great shooter in his own right. The only thing with the Bobcats is the shooting woes overall, aside from those two, have been a little concerning. But I do think it's a, just a slump. I think they'll get their things together. You bring back Josh Taylor. That is a great addition in the mid-range area. You still got yeah, Karius Warren at the top of the, the, the backboard every single time on the lob threat, blocking shots. The team's averaging five blocks a game. Just think the Bobcats are going to be too much for Coastal on the men's side. Yeah, um, I, I'm right there with you, dude. Um, I don't think there, there's a whole lot. Like I said, Nick Giles, if if he has a career game, then yeah, then this becomes watch out, St. Thomas. You're gonna get, you could very well get punched in the mouth right at the start of conference play. Uh, I don't see that. Um, and I can just say one of my favorite can- candies, man, Eminem, baby, Melton Matthews. I, and I, uh, obviously, there's a lot of other pieces cu- coming back. Uh, they're starting to gel, kind of similar similar-ish to St. Thomas where they are starting to figure out something a little bit different, but um, obviously on a little bit bigger scale. And if there's a team that uh, feels disrespected in the country, they just maybe felt like, oh, that's a little token number 11 spot. We're going to take that away as soon as things don't go your way in some oh-so-very-important December college basketball and November college basketball because that's 
that's when banners are won, Manny, in November and December. Nope, there it's now. We're we're in go time now. Um, moving on to the women's side of this game, Brooke Bogats. Uh, she is arguably the best player in the conference. Um, there is a young lady in Lake Wells, Florida, who we could very well be hearing from on the show very soon. Not won't spoil anything mm-hmm. there, but uh, Brooke Bogat Saint from St. Thomas. Um, she's certainly uh first team all conference, may even be sniffing around some Arnold Mitchell American uh for what she's done. One of the better three point shooters and one of the just pure better scorers in the conference uh so far uh for the Bobcats. Uh, obviously Paige McDonald, uh another another uh, Bobcat Bria Brown they have they have one of the better trios, uh, I would say, right now. Do St. Thomas? Um, yeah, take it away, Manny. I mean, I'll pick up at where you started with Brooke. Seventeen points per game, five rebounds, four assists, a steal. She took put in perspective how important she is on the offensive side of things. The Bobcats are ten and one, and she scores ten points or more. Like that is she is the engine that makes them go. She's taking this role. I know her personally. You know, we both came into St. Thomas as freshmen. I've seen her grow over the four years on the court and it's become just effortless for her. Like it's just flat out effortless. But even still, the defense is what the Bobcats are. I mean, I know Coach Walker and she loves her defense at holding points, holding opponents to 60 points per game is what she wants. And she wants that thing to go even further down. So I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. You're forcing 20 turnovers from your opponents and 10 of them are live ball steals. So that allows the transition game to flow. It allows you to get extra possessions. So I would be keeping an eye on that points per game on the offensive side, going up from 74 to closer to to 80 game, especially with some additions they're going to have this semester. As for Coastal, they've had a roller coaster of a non-conference play. I mean, they're 500, five and five. They've literally allowed 60 points per game and they've scored 60 points per game. Like they are, insert the Thanos meme, everything balanced like it's a toaster. <laughs> like, you just really can't say too much about them. For me, standout player is Andrika Vries. She is averaging six points per game, 10 rebounds, and 60% from the field in the paint. That's where she's doing her damage from. She doesn't really step out. She could hit the 15-foot jumper, but she's just a presence in that paint. Two, two double-doubles this season, five double-digit rebounds in a row at one point. But the podcast is just going to have too much. I think that their defense is going to hunker down. If you're only scoring 60 points per game like the Mariners are, and you're going up against a team who's holding opponents to 60 points per game, it's just not a recipe for you to for you to succeed. Now, I will say I've seen some Coastal players kind of have great games. You know, they've come in and taken advantage of a good night. So if that situation, which is the only one that I can see this being a better game, other than that, I do see the Bobcats starting out conference play with a solid victory on the road. Yeah, I mean, there. Jasmine uh, uh, Worsley is another name that that would have to have a, a big game for for the Mariners. Uh, they they need Sonia back. Obviously, Sonia uh, has not has not only played uh, one game, I believe, th- this year. So they, they they need her back. I think then you you look at Coastal and maybe a little bit different light. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think I think St. Thomas will roll on and we'll roll on to our final matchup, which is a very exciting one on both sides. Um, Florida Memorial against Warner. Florida Memorial, uh, hey, how you doing? Not, I mean, just another <laughs> another Florida Memorial team, another athletic program or athletic team in that athletic department, Manny. That's just like, oh. You're here now, and you're with the big boys, and you are very good. And that can be – I think very good is about the best way you can describe Florida Memorial men's basketball right now. 
as it, it, it pains me a little bit to say, but they have been the standout team through non-conference play, 12-1 record. They are currently ranked at number 22 right now. They are 1-1 one one versus top 25 teams. I don't know if you caught that exhibition, uh, exhibition game they had against Florida Gulf Coast on ESPN+. Plus. They forced the team to go into overtime, and I was watching that game live, and the Lions had it. You know, there were a few questionable calls down the stretch, but other than that, they were there. They've put themselves in the contender's bracket of this season already. I mean, I'm getting vibes of 2021-2022 Lions when they did it all and they won the whole thing, but obviously this team is much more talented than that team was back then. For me, the standout player, Latavius Mitchell, 13 points per game, 10 rebounds, nice little double-double there. He's had seven double-figure scoring games. He's also had a little 20-point game in, in there as well. The, the Lions, they just did what they're supposed to. They beat the team that they were supposed to beat and dominantly, and then they competed against the, the top teams and even winning some of them, including that Morningside game that I thought was a really, really big win for them. Um, As for the Royals, I want to say this now, now that we talk about Coastal and the Royals on the men's side, when your bottom two teams in the conference standings are above 500 and by a couple games, it just shows how good the conference is. I don't want people to think that Warner and Coastal are like bad teams. Like we're talking about the Coastal Mariners who are seven and three and the Royals who are eight and five. I mean, they're not bad records. It's just that the teams that they're going up against, go have a bad the Lions night. and the Warriors, they're just not losing games. Go have a bad shooting night. Um, if any any team, St. Thomas, Weber, I don't I don't care, Kaiser, go have a bad shooting night against uh Warner and on the men's side, you will you're going to lose that game because that defense isn't going to give you anything free. So if you're if you're hacking it up and you're not having a good shooting night and they are efficient, this isn't a, a very efficient basketball team on the men's side, they will just st- almost almost I'm trying to think of a good good word for you. We described earlier um kind of Ave that Mike D'Antoni kind of running gun. They're almost opposite. Who's a good, who's a good comparison for Warner? Because of their presence on the inside and because of the guard play from Blaze Darling that I have seen, I'm liking Shooter. Shooter. Blaze. But I'm liking. I, just, just hear me out here. Are we talking an Embiid-esque? I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm not okay, saying okay, Logan's okay, that. Okay. But I'm saying Embiid because you got you to gotta contend with the paint presence of West. And Blaze is giving me a lot of Tyrese Maxey vibes. We're, we're talking about the current Philadelphia team that they're letting Maxey just go. That's what I'm looking at when I see Blaze Darling. 17 points per game, six rebounds as well. Only one game under double-figure scoring. He's had five 20-plus games. He's just cooking. I think he's been a very solid little surprise for a team that needed that guard play. You know, you lose a, a guard, a starting guard in your rotation, and now you have West, who's still averaging 16-5, doing what he does best. But now you got to contend with that two-man game. You got to contend with somebody on the perimeter. So I think it's been a very good showing for them, but that's where I would put them. I think a Philadelphia-esque type of vibe with a paint presence and a just a go with go and go and a great shooter on that guard for, for Blaze. When we talked about him being a, a pretty good shooter, um, Florida Memorial just has – just shooters on shooters. Hey, then I mean, wh- where you want to start? You want to start with uh, what's going on behind the arc with Flomo be- between uh, Calvin Payton and Darius Ward? You got. I really was going to pick them because I-, I looked at the stats and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the person who's you know averaging the most points or having the best statistical stats. And Florida Memorial was hard for me to pick. Like it really was because the guard play has been superb. You know, I I know a good friend of mine. He was watching that Florida Gulf Coast game because he used to go there. 
And he said, he texted me, he said, Leo, these guards are cold. Like These boys are tough right now, hitting some tough shots, hitting some big time shots. So one uh, player of the week as well, triple, like they're just doing everything. Shooting the ball at 34% from the three-point line is very good. And I think it's going to go up. I really, really do. Um, so I'm very, I'm very excited for this team from Florida Memorial as much as it pains me to say it, but I'm going to love to see them against St. Thomas. I'm going to love to see them against these top teams because we're talking about the Jireen scoring 97 points per game. The Lions are at 87. You know, that's, that's 10 points. That's five layups. They can do that. So I'm, I'm going to be very curious keeping an eye on this Lions team going into conference play in a year that I think the conference is, you know, we talked about volleyball that you got to buy stock in it. I think this is the year that we have maybe some teams making that, that deep, deep run in the postseason. Yeah, and, I, and I, you you want to go inside? I mean, I don't know necessarily, but Evan Busby shooting sixty percent. If you want to uh, go look at Latavius Mitchell, I mean, he's one of the best paint. Pre- he's right up there with Vincent from Kaiser as far as a paint presence. I mean, he's shooting uh, north of fifty percent, averaging. I don't know what his rebound stats. Are, I don't have it right there, but I think he's averaging 10, 11, 12 rebounds a game. Um, he's putting up twelve, thirteen points per game. They can beat you a lot of ways, which is scary. Um, this game though on the men's side, I, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me not to go with Far Memorial. Um, that's who I'm gonna rock with. But I mean, we, we talk about Blaze. Um, about Logan West. I mean, what what has where, where's he sitting at right now? I mean, look, look, he's averaging about sixteen and five. There we go. He's averaging seven. I mean, Logan West. I mean, he's going to go and be a Buckeye. I just don't have. I just didn't have his stats right there. But there, there you go. You, you have my back. Out of boy, Manny. But yeah, Lo, Logan West. I mean, he's he's been solid. But I mean, the names we just mentioned for Florida Memorial, and again, said a few times. You know, obviously their men's team. They uh, that they they won the conference a couple of years ago. Women's won it last year. I'm not saying Florida Memorial hasn't had success in the past, but all of a sudden we've looked up in the last couple of years. And we've seen baseball get a little better when the the uh, Black College World Series. We've seen soccer. Football. Soccer did their thing. Or, yeah, I mean football. Um, I mean, got to talk with Coach Rome at one of the games. I mean, what a year for them and year what three, four of their program. And you mentioned soccer. The women's team went from laughingstock to watch out, you'll get punched in the mouth. And in, in one year, in a very young. Coach, uh, men's team looks good. I mean, they're going to be competing for conference titles, I think, next year. Um, yeah, and then obviously we'll, we'll see with other spring sports. But, man, things are looking good for Florida Memorial on, on the men's side. Uh, on the women's side, though, Manny, to wrap it up before we kick it over to our interview uh, with Tyrone Nesby, the fourth of Weber International University, Jasmine Edwards, she is my player of the year so far in this great conference of ours. Um, is there, and I know you're a St. Thomas guy, um, there's obviously, obviously a Bobcat or two that, that will uh, definitely be impacting that over the next couple of months. But uh, Asteroid Hits, uh, or uh, what is it, Laser Beam? La- Martians with Earth. the death beam pointed death beam at Earth. Earth. You got one women's uh, player. <laughs> player that you're voting. You I want Jasmine I want Edwards. <laughs> I want Edwards taking the shot, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's great. She's leading that's 17, great. over 17 points, um, rebounding. She's one of the best rebounders in the conference. Uh, she's averaging 10 rebounds per game. Yeah, I mean, that, that's good for tied for tops of the conference with Voorhees from 
Coastal Georgia. Um, obviously, there's more to talk about, but just this start from Jasmine Edwards, and that that's one that it's a name that everybody knows. It's not a new name. It's a it almost like like for instance on the men's side, I think Milton Matthews is Milton, maybe Nesby, but uh, Jasmine Edwards kind of similar to Milton Matthews, someone that we've seen just get better and better and better in a Sun Conference uniform, and that's what she's done in Lake Wales, Manning. So the Royals on the women's side, again, like you said, I'm a, I'm a Bobcat through and through, so I'm always going to rock with my ladies. But sure, the team that I'm second most interested in watching is the Royals, and it's because of Edwards. Because I think she they're, they're relatively where I thought they would be, you know, a 500 team. And I think that's a good thing for them. And they're two games under 500 technically, but – as long as they're within that range, within a game or two, I think that they had a good non-conference slate. You know, we're talking about a team who, again, you have arguably the best player. For me, she is second just because of the fact of wins. Like that, I think that's going to be a part of it. If she gets into the playoffs, then that's where we're like, okay, we have to have a really strong debate here because she has the numbers to back it up. So does Brooke. I think that's a two. Though those are the top two right now. You can flip them if you want. But I do think Jasmine Edwards is going to be nipping at her heels the whole season. When you're putting up a perfect game against University of Fort Lauderdale, twelve and twelve from the field, 10-10 from the free throw line. She's a presence in the mid range. She's a presence on the glass. She's just doing it all. You know, she's she's had thirty four in a game. She's had seven double doubles this season. She's going. To, you can pencil her in for a double double every night. The question is going to be, can she? have that support around her that's really what it comes down to as a team you're putting up 63 points per game need to improve that for sure but because but you're holding opponents to 61 points per game i like that i think that's very very good for them is that sustainable we'll see because of the conference we talk about the men's side the women's side the same, the same thing they're going to be some great opponents night in night out you're not really going to have too much of a night off no matter what so I don't know if 61 points per game on defense can hold up. If it does, great. But you need to get that offense up higher. And it starts on the three-point line. 24% ain't going to cut it. It just ain't going to cut it. It's just flat out not going to cut it. So you got to be able to shoot the ball a little bit better, especially because Edwards is going to demand gra- – she's a gravity player. By that, I mean if she has the ball, I promise you the whole defense looking at her. I promise you they are. She's a first-player yeah. scout type of player. you got a game plan for her because if you don't, she will give you 34 and give you 10 rebounds minimum. So she's going to have the ability. She should, honestly, that assist number should go up. She should be getting up four assists minimum just by swinging the ball out. So that's what it comes down to for them. For the Lions, I'm going to be honest with you, they have a good record. You know what I'm saying? They got got some hoopers too now. They got some hoopers too. They got some hoopers. They got some hoopers. There's a couple names names I want to get to with with Flomo. There's one other name I want to get to with Warner. um, And and, and also, this is just me looking at the defense and everything. Look, we can have a debate, um, and I'm sure we will. If is uh, if Brooks going to be your player of the year, I'm sticking with Jasmine at least until something changes one way or the other. You look at the defense. On the defense, I'm looking at at a block shot and one and a half steals per game for Jasmine. Just just throw, throwing that on top. But you look at Courtney Logan, one of the best defensive players in in this conference, averaging over three. Um, a solid. She's going to give you a solid 10, 11, 12 points. Also on the offense side, she's one of those where if that for, if that field goal percentage goes up, and if it is because Jasmine Edwards is able to dish it out to her and Courtney's able to get some solid looks, 
I think that's where Warner takes that next step because obviously they, they, they're a good team. They're a well-coached team with Coach Jesse, and they're a really good defensive team. I mean, only Southeastern's had a slightly better defense than the Royals. I think that's very scary. But, M- Manny, moving on to Florida Memorial, yes, they do have some great players and uh, some names that we obviously uh, know pr- pretty well. Um, uh, Chantel Barnett is where I, I would like to start with Florida Memorial, and then they, they got some up- – other just I mean just incredible basketball players as well Chantel I mean earlier this season she crossed the 1,000 point mark I think she's going to be leaned upon heavily not just offensively but also from a leadership standpoint I mean she's one of the players who was a part of that uh, conference championship run last year you know she's been there she can help some of these transfer some of these new faces also a new coaching staff as well so I think she's going to be leaned on on just that level of, of leadership and when you have somebody who can do it not just from the sideline, but also from the court, be that kind of coach on the floor, so to speak, an extension of the coach. I think it's just a great thing for her. I think that's really where her impact is going to be most felt. We know she was she's going to give us offensively, but what she does, then the numbers that don't show up, the those efforts, that second effort, the, the talking, the vocalness, I think that's where she's really going to have that step up this year for, for the Lions. Another name, I don't know if you've seen it, Deshaun Thornton. Boy, she, that's what I was about, about to say. And when you talk about uh, maybe the best – Maybe the best duo um, on the women's side of the Sun Conference uh, between Barnett and Thornton, that guard duo uh, from Boston, Deja from Boston, Barry University, um, grad transfer. You talk about uh, Barnett being a coach. I mean, what's better than having another experienced guard? I mean, you got, uh, like I said, Thornton, a grad transfer from Barry University, D2. Um, man, uh, Far Memorial, what more can you ask? just as far as having two floor generals which is very scary to think to think about and look we talk about the men's being wide open I think women's is just as wide open I I do agree with you there you know for for Thornton she's a high volume three-point shooter I mean girl is averaging 13 attempts but she's shooting at a 42 percent clip so it's not like she's just she's a shot she's not a shot taker she's a shot maker she will make these shots if you go under screens if you lose it for a second she's putting it up it's going in and we're we're going back on defense. That girl plays string music all game long. So she's definitely going to be a very important part for this offense. Like you said, that that duo in the backcourt, you know, I think that's a, that's a good, there's definitely going to be a debate that we, we're going to have, I'm sure, at some point throughout the year on the best backcourt in the conference, but they're going to be up there for sure, especially because Thornton also is a very good rebounder for a guard. I think it's very underrated nowadays because with basketball, you want to play so fast. If you can have a guard who can rebound for you, not need the outlet from a big, I think it adds an element to your offense in the transition game. So I think, and the Lions love to run. We all know they love to run. So that's going to be a very important part of their offense for sure. Absolutely, Manny. We're heading into Sun Conference uh, basketball time. I mean, just a very impressive uh, non-conference slate, especially for the men's, but women's as well. I mean, when you tally it up and you only have three teams in your conference out of what, 16, yeah, 16 basketball teams and you're 13 and three, as far as looking at teams that have a winning record, I think that's something you could, you can put your cap on um, if you're, if you're, you're the conference heading into uh, conference play. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, What I'm not so happy with though, perhaps I don't know if you feel the same. Are my preseason picks to win this conference? I had St. Thomas and Southeastern winning this conference. Uh, uh, apologies, St. Thomas on the men, Southeastern on the women's. <sighs> Manny, you had Bobcats sweep. Is there anything you want to change? 
I'm not changing my pick on the women's side. I, I really believe that the defense is just going to be, if not the best, top two in the conference. And I think that the offense hasn't hit the ground yet when we talk about shooting the basketball. I know they're shooting above 33%, 31% maybe, but they've had some slumps as of recent. So I think that once that shooting gets consistently in the 30s, it's going to be very hard to beat the Bobcats. I do think the fire would be my next one. They are I, they are that second team. I think it's just the shooting. That's really what it comes down to with them. If they can get better shooting, then we really have to have a debate. For the men's side, I want to stick with my Bobcats. I really, really do. And it would pain me to have to pick that team down the street. I'm not even going to say their name. They've had a great resume, but I still think the Bobcats are going to be able to put it together because you add in a player like Josh Taylor. I'm not saying he's the key to it all, but I am saying that you add in that mid-range that I think the Bobcats are kind of missing. They've got the three ball. They've got the three-point presence that they need in Milton and Hernandez. They need some help for sure, but they have two, I think the two best shooters in the conference. You've got the paint presence of a serious king of a Josh thrower defensively and offensively to kind of counteract that if you want to play inside game a little bit, that lob threat with those two. But you're missing that mid-range, that elbow, that mid-post, that area of the game, and Josh Taylor lives there. First game back, puts up a 20-9 and type of game. That's what he's going to do. And once he gets the flow of it, once he gets into his rhythm, he's going to be – there's a reason he was a player of the year in the NAIA to watch for. He's hungry. He's excited. I know that he's been itching at it to, you know, sit on the sideline watching these games. So – I think tomorrow is going to be a great coming out play for him, and, and I'm excited for it. So I am going to stick with my Bobcat suite. So I'm not going to change because I don't like changing out. And because if I change my two picks, then you might as well go go ahead and ship the conference uh, championships to St. Thomas and to Southeastern if I change. But if I were to change, theoretically, Manny, if I were to change on the women's side, I'm with you. Um Now, I would almost go about 15 minutes down the street to make my pick because I think – and I'm going to be brief here because I want to get get over to the interview. Uh, I do think Florida Memorial is legit on the women's side. I think Kaiser is also legit. Southeastern is really solid, but I think when I look at best overall, um, where they're playing right now, obviously they're – and, again, we're not going to get any details or anything, but obviously St. Thomas is playing a little extra motivated right now uh, to, to finish off this year. And I think that's going to that that's a factor in sports um, that you cannot measure. And I think we're going to, we're going to fi- find out a lot about St. Thomas over the next couple of months. I think they they could very well do it. Uh, I will stick my southeastern pick on the men's side, though, Manny. Just something good about a coming home story, and Coach Gabriel Rutledge led some pretty decent year. I mean, a tough, hard nose. I mean, one of the best, just grit guys that maybe any Sun Conference team has seen, but definitely one of the biggest grit guys, a culture guy at Weber. You started to see it last year, Manny, with a little bit of a turnaround. And it's like, they're they're good. This is a different Weber. This isn't a 10-game under, 7-game under Weber team anymore. And, boy, have they kicked some freaking teeth in and non-conference schedule. They're going to have another – this may be – when it's all said and done, this could be one of the best seasons in Weber men's basketball history. And a regular a regular season Sun Conference championship would 
make that no debate. It would be. Um, what's our, our big reason? Just just separating because I don't want I I'm not going to change. I don't want want to change. Um, and a part of the reason for that is I do think there is something to be unlocked at St. Thomas uh, with, with what you've talked about. However, if things don't work out that way, I think Weber is looking dead at the barrel of having a, a shot to do something special. Obviously, Florida Memorial's right there. And then you look at uh, Kaiser. Um, we've talked about how good those two teams are. And if not, if you didn't, well, go go back and listen to it again. Um, all right, anything, Manny, anything else before we kick it over to our interview? Get ready for some great hoops, y'all. These next two months are going to be exciting. Your Wednesday and Saturday nights are going to be locked in. It's going to be very fun, and obviously we got a few weeks where it's nothing but pure basketball. So we plan on getting some great, great basketball interviews coming up. Um, we have a couple talks here and there with a couple really good players around the conference. But uh, what we do have today is right now the scoring leader in the Sun Conference, Mr. Tyrell Nesby of Weber National University. Kick it over that interview right now. Okay, we welcome on a very special guest. It's a fellow Weber warrior. No, I love having my Weber people on. It's Mr. Tyrone Nesby leading score in the Sun Conference as we enter conference play. Tyrone, how we doing, baby? Man, feel great. Feel great. Ready for conference play. Yes, sir. Y'all ended non-conference on a great, great uh, note uh, with which you uh, beat Missouri Baptist twelve and two, ten games over five hundred. Great, great start. Um, and you know we we previewed the games this weekend. Y'all got a big one against uh kaiser uh coming up but want to talk about uh coach rutledge for, for a little bit had him on, on last year friend of the program um loved having him on obviously uh uh weber guy through and through what do you think it's been about uh coach rutledge that's um we're like what what is it about him that's made him successful in this rebuild process and now y'all are kind of see, seeing that in the 23-24 uh warrior season yeah i mean coach Rutt has really just from day one been honest um, from preseason, he was on us the hardest, and now being on us even more, um, just giving us constant reminders to not be satisfied. You know, you see the record, you may think guys have a big head, oh, we're, we're nice, we're going to be this and that, but Coach Rutt always just keep it real with us. Um, we got a long season to go, uh, so we can't be satisfied with anything right now. He seems like that guy. Maybe you have a good little thirty and seven performance, kind of like he did, did against Mo Bapin. I, I could definitely see Coach Rose be like, "Hey, hey, give it on down. Got, got, got ride that roller coaster really mm-hmm. well." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he'll say good game, um, but then he's back on me about you know, the, of course, we all make mistakes, so we just find ways to get better. That's a, that's the main key. Just uh, find a way to get better every day. Absolutely. No, nah, I mean. Tyrone, you've had a heck of a season. I mean, it's been ridiculous. I call you professional scorer. Your your offense ready to eat for everybody. Ain't nobody stopping it. Ain't nobody Mm -hmm. stopping it. It's been crazy. You've had three 30-point games. Your last five have been 25 or better. You've had six in a row with 20 or better. I mean, what is it about your offensive game that just allows you to be the efficient score that you are because you're not just you're not you're not a shot taker you're a shot maker you make some tough ones you make some easy ones you make them all so what is it about your offensive game that just allows you to be like that um, I think it's just my confidence and and just getting in the gym every day, getting up those reps and taking those shots when no one's around. So when I'm in the game and I take those shots, I know, okay, that's a shot I know I can make. Um, and just building that confidence by taking rep after rep, knowing I can make this shot. So it's just a more, just a confidence thing. You know, I feel like this year my confidence has been at an all-time high. So I'm just, you know, staying focused throughout this whole season. 
And we saw last year a uh, little, little bit of how he played in four games last season. We saw some that's like, oh, okay, Weber's got this six six guy. Maybe he can make some shots. Okay, well, what's your life? But obviously this season you've become one of the best, uh, uh, as Manny says, three-point makers, not three-point shooters uh, in, the, in the NAI. What did you do this all season? Um, you said your confidence is a big thing, but is there anything you, you really worked on either mentally or physically uh, to r- really get you better for this season? Yeah, so I'm from Las Vegas. Um, that's my hometown. So I was there all summer. Um, you know, in July the summer league comes into town. So I know a lot of dudes that are playing overseas or playing in the NBA. So a lot of guys were in town, and just throughout the summer, I was able to get into some pro ams, get into some pro runs, um, some workouts with dudes that like I'm working out with them, and I'm seeing them work out, and I just learn from them because they're in a position that I want to be in. You know, I want to be able to be successful with basketball after college. So um, playing with these guys over the summer and just constantly staying in the gym, getting in these reps, um, everything just just mattered over the summer. So it was it was a big summer for me. And I knew that going into it that, OK, this is going to be one of my biggest summers because I know coming into Weber, it's going to be it's going to have to be that type of year. I'm going to have to be a leader and be able you know, try to make it as far as we can. So, yeah, just this summer, just staying in the gym. Who were some of those guys that uh, you kind of modeled your, your uh, progression on this summer? Um, one of my closest friends, Lonnie Walker, he plays for the Nets um, right now. Uh, we went to high school together, won a state championship together. Um, sometimes I talk to him, and he really just gives me that motivation to just keep going because uh, you look at what he's going through in the league where he's producing. I don't know if you guys follow him, but he's producing with limited minutes. And he still kind of just gets overlooked. So you look at a guy like that, you think, okay, maybe he's he's gonna be down on himself. He's gonna stop playing. No, it's it's that that hunger every day. Okay, you guys don't think I'm good enough? I'm gonna continue to show you. And uh, just that just that mindset really really helped me out. I mean, I'm 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 kind of curious because. I, we keep saying it. We're going to keep saying it the rest of the year. I mean, you're averaging 23 points per game. Everybody knows what you do on the offensive side of things. But is there a part of your game that you think maybe is overlooked? I mean, you just mentioned Lonnie's my, mindset at times to understand, you know, I got to be ready because you never know what right. I'm going to ha- do night to night. What about you? Is there a part of your game that you think people really need to start paying attention to? Um, For me personally, I feel like I've just worked on everything, just trying to have an all-around game. Um, I think maybe my rebounding can go a little overlooked. My teammates laugh at me, but I pass. They say I don't pass, but my, my assist numbers don't show it. But I could pass. I think that might be the most underrated one right there. I think my passing is a little, you know, it's it's there. It's there. But people just it gets overlooked because I'd be scoring. Yeah. Are you going to be going up against a tough rebounder? A couple of tough ones with with Kaiser, obviously. Uh, Vincent, he's averaging what what man? He said like sixteen and fifteen uh, yeah. uh, coming into into conference play. What can you tell us a little bit about th- this Kaiser team? Um, we've been preparing for them all week. Um, I feel like we're ready to come in and and give a good fight. Um, we know we have to box him out, try to control him on the boards. I mean, he is a big man, so he's going to get some boards. Um, we just can't let it affect us too much you know we got to be able to fight down low just as much as he's fighting um and we got Jordan Golden on our team who's averaging nine rebounds a game um he's going to do a good job trying to contain him and us as a as a team we got to come in and help him rebound as well so it's just a, a team rebounding game really
Absolutely. Uh, another thing about this game that I think uh, Weber has an advantage on is the guard play. I think the guard play for y'all, along with uh, how you've really broken through the scene this year, has been huge. Can you just talk about how the excellent guard play from your fellow Warrior teammates have really elevated you this season? Yeah, um, they just—they're always ready. That's what, I think the one thing about our whole team. Really, we have guys that just stay ready when the number's called. They're ready to go. Um, the guard play has helped me more on the defensive side, like in practice, just guarding these, the guards, they're shorter, they're quicker, faster than me. So me just working on trying to guard the different positions where I need to guard a point guard, I can guard a point guard. I need to guard a center, I can guard a center. So just a lot of um, making adjustments, really. I'm kind of curious because if nobody's ever seen you play before, you know, maybe some people didn't follow conference last year, maybe just haven't heard about you. And they ask you, how does Tyrone play? What is his play style? How would you describe it? I said Tyrone's a bucket. I tell him that just have an all-around game. Um, can score, defend, play make when I need to. So um just I always expect a, an all-around game and a fun game too. You know, we we play at a fast pace. So there's a lot of up and down, a lot of, you know, some guys, a lot of oohs and ahs, but we don't play for that, but it just happens. It's, it's part of the game. So I'll just say you'll see you'll see all-around game and some buckets. You mentioned that fast pace that Weber plays with. There's a lot of that in the conference this year. Of You know, look at Ave Maria averaging 97 uh, points. Uh, Kaiser, yeah, you throw that boat, and obviously St. Thomas as well. They they could have a 100-plus point game at – uh, in any given time is there uh obviously we've gone into conference play all the matchups are big is there like one team you're really excited to match up for this year one team i thought about this um honestly i'm ready for the whole conference yeah i feel like from last year and this year they've had every team probably above us in standings at some point or had said that these teams are better than us so i mean we're just here to, to just show them that we can be the better team, you know, and every team, literally every team. You get to get get on that new court, uh, now down there, at Weber now too, and get fired. Oh, yeah, yeah. That now that, that's the whole situation. You know, y'all went to Polk State. I said, well, we're gonna be broadcasting a few less of these games this year. But I, I'm excited to be back. Uh, Manny, do you have anything else you you uh you want to ask? Uh, I like to end, end, end my uh, interviews with a kind of a filling a blank. So I'm, I'm going to ask you something, you fill it in, and you explain why you're going to use that word. Okay. Weber Warriors win the regular season conference championship if blank. If we stay focused. We got to stay focused. Um, you know, non-conference was non-conference. We learned about each other, our strengths, our weaknesses. Um, so now we just got to put it all together and keep our eye on the prize. I mean, every day our coach is like, okay, what's what's our goal? What's everybody's goal? And everyone says the same thing, to win a championship. So we keep that as our goal. We stay focused, and I feel like we'll go, We'll be the team to beat. Well, I know this. If y'all stay focused and and stick with it and we get to the, the end of the year, I'll have, uh, you know, some cigars and maybe a little champagne up in the broadcast booth. And we'll, 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 we'll some goggles and everything. Come on. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tyrone, really appreciate you, man. If you got anything else you want to add on, Mike's all yours. If not, we're going to send the folks to uh, the first basketball weekend for the Sun Conference. 
Yeah, we're good. We're good. I mean, just tune in. We got a uh, Kaiser this Saturday um, at Kaiser. So, you know, let's let's get it started. Absolutely. Going to be a fun one. Again, Tyrone Nesby, the fourth. Really appreciate you. My guy, excited to be back on campus with you for some Weber basketball. And yeah, everybody, really appreciate y'all tuning in. Again, Happy New Year. And let's get started with some Sun Conference basketball hoops this weekend.